This device isn't a spaceship. It's a time machine. Goes backwards, forwards. Takes us to a place where we ache to go again. It's not called the wheel. It's called the carousel. Hello and welcome to the Carousel Podcast. This is Isaac Simpson. I have with me today, Hadrian Beloved. Hello, Hadrian. Hi, buddy. Uh, we're here in LA. Um you just got back from Europe, Lisbon, where we staged uh, Urbit Assembly, and um, it was quite the experience. We had lots of drama, as we should. Um, but first and foremost, let's hear about who you are. Your name, everybody, I think, knows, but they don't know exactly who you are. So who are you, Hadrian? Oh, I got to do my own hype. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Always this, always a funny process. You always want some other buddy else. You'd be like, no, 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 not that much. <laughs> like, uh, so somehow I'm gonna have to like humble brag through this. Um, I uh, probably I you know what I'm proudest of is I founded and ran, I think one of the coolest movie theaters slash nonprofit cinematechs around for ten years in LA called the Cine Family. We did like 400 events a year. It was all over the place. It's really wild, fun experience, uh, you know, uh, known for its uh, eccentric curation and presentation. So I was the executive director and the founder and head programmer. And it was fun. It was fun. Um, and then that had sort of like a classic 2007 tip of the spear sort of woke implosion at the beginning of the great wildfire in Hollywood. Uh, and since then, um, you know, I've done a lot of other things. Uh, before that, I owned a video store. I started a video store. It was like the hipster video store. I guess I kind of make shit happen. And then I synonymously, I did a lot of things synonymously, but one of them that took off is I synonymously helped a friend make her direct her first film. I produced uh, TFW No GF, which got into South by and was a bit of a viral hit. So at the very least, I still have a, an eye for things. It's just getting involved. Uh, and then that led to me uh, finding sort of pre-seed founding and sort of like, we're gonna sort of say like Silicon Valley based VC or whatever. Uh, and I started a company called Play Nice Entertainment Company, um, which is actually, it's, you know, somebody it's not really a production company as much as me trying to kind of create a kind of new ecosystem or a new world where better films and art can happen. Uh, but some of the first trial balloons were um, we produced and distributed Alex's War, Alex Moore's follow-up film. Um, I went to New York and started an underground film fest uh, that eventually, originally was going to be called the New Underground Film Fest, and then eventually became NPC Fest, which then became colloquially known as the quote-unquote anti-woke film fest, and sort of spawned the Teal Books meme, et cetera. It was sort of another wild, interesting experience. Um, I've got a lot of other little things up my sleeve right now. Uh, I'm working on uh, to, you know, starting a new nonprofit and, uh, well, the bigger project. So I guess I'm primarily, I think of myself as a CEO and founder of this company, but I uh, 
do a lot of weird stuff, you know. Right. So movie I, stuff, movie guy, movie guy, general movie guy. Sure, yeah. You're an impresario, basically, right? Uh, I have been yeah. until I have a space again. I'm not, but I'm. Uh, uh, you know, I think you have to have a location or something to like but, raise your arms like this. Yeah. Oh, much. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to be like <laughs> Kermit. <You're> like, <laughs> uh but yeah that's spirit um i definitely like to uh, uh community build and like around cool shit like so yeah that's, that's been a central part of my life cool socially and professionally yeah and some have called you the original canceled man is that <laughs> is that true well i mean i'm sure if you brought in like a yarvinian or something like you want to go like real historical about it you know there's been some equivalent of cancellation for all time. But I think in terms of the um, the kind of phenomenon that we went through, if there was going to be like a chapter in a book that was like, you know, 2017 to like, you know, there was this thing happened where like there was cancellations every day and it had a kind of a mob psychology social phenomena. I think, yes, in that zombie movie, I'm like one of the first scenes, one of the first guys to get up right. <laughs> You know, like I'm like patient zero a little bit. Like there are literally this is one website where they mapped out all these like me too people and you can sort it by date. And I was like, every single one is like after me. Right. Except for like R. Kelly, like way back. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, when it happened, like when I had the anonymous emails, I don't want to go through the whole story. When the whole thing blew up, I remember right up to the moment it happened, I was like, oh, this isn't, I was basing it on the old world. I was like, well, this will be awkward, painful. I mean, obviously I was stressed out thought maybe I'd lose my job but I had no idea it was this tidal wave and I'd be like blacklisted for life over what seemed like even if you bought it kind of like office mismanaged or something right right uh, you read the it's like uh you read the you know the worst pieces the the bad sheets on yeah. you you know it's like the <clears throat> it's like uh you know during the communist revolution or the the uh cultural revolution they had these big character posters oh yeah, yeah have yeah. you heard of that <laughs> no so big character posters were like on the campuses where the students were taking over and like putting their present like professors in in like prisons and right, stuff right. they literally were like imprisoning their that must uh, have been fun yeah yeah oh, boy you get to like put your you get to get your teacher in stock yeah exactly that's what it was and then they would they had these big character posters which were like basically long lists of the offenses oh burn books is that what that is it's oh, no, like it's like girls oh yeah it's like a burn book yeah, right yeah. Like, yeah, yeah yeah but they would put them up and it would be like this person is a capitalist sympathizer for this reason this reason this reason and like <clears throat> that's what these cancellation articles are they're basically like digital like big character posters and yours like I, having read yours it's like you're waiting for the like the big like <laughs> you know like and then he fucking you know yeah yeah which is like like in the russell brand one that just happened like there was a couple that you were like oh that was really bad yeah, you know like, like, assuming it's true assuming it's true assuming it's true which is like and again it's nothing but still, yes but still at least you're like i get at least what the accusation is exactly right you know and then you can debate it like in court or whatever but yeah, yeah mine's a little like uh what exactly yeah you're like wait what yeah you're kind of like you're waiting for the big thing and then you're like i don't even understand what you really did wrong. Like, it sounds like you were just like mean, a little mean and like a little bit like horny. It's, it's like, who cares? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Sounds horny. 
Yeah, but it's like, right, who gives a shit if you're a little bit horny? It's like totally fine. Yeah, those were pretty, like, mine were very gossipy, too. There was not a lot of, like, they were very uh, smoke and mirrors. There's a lot of, like, everybody knows and, like, that kind of energy. Yeah. Because the lack of specificity. But it was at that moment, I think, like, maybe a couple months later, it might have had more of, like, an Aziz and Sorry, like, what is this that started to happen? Because it was right at the beginning it had the peak just yeah. like <gasps> yeah you know like they literally like spray painted the, the fucking vandalized the theater and like if somebody like people were actually dumb because it was so early people were dumb enough to defend me which people later learned not to do like so in the beginning it'd be like i'm not gonna name names but a lot of really well i'll say free because like he was he died but like people would actually like tweet like well this you know and then immediately they, they'd have to shut down their account or whatever because it was uh the full effect of the social psychology was really at like peak heat. I got front row tickets to the show. Yeah. Like every day another story dropped. It was really maniacal. Uh, so were you surprised that. when this happened? Like what was your Well, I wasn't emotions? surprised by the emails because the guy who wrote the, you know, that had been like an ongoing, arguably like two year civil war within the organization. Like there had been a lot of background to that. So I wasn't surprised that, he did that um wait well who who did that's, what we tell you we were in danger of making the whole podcast is about the story but i'll just no, say no, we won't yeah and not and i'm not because i don't want to talk about it no no no, no. It's, yeah, yeah um it, the the instigating moment was a series of anonymous emails sent from like an encrypted proton account there were actually two ways he changed the email and that had a lot of sort of broad like toxic culture den of harassment just kind of like that would never have been publishable in and of themselves, but caused the reaction chain of reaction events. And I, uh, you know, the panics that kind of built around those emails. And uh, yeah, I knew that I wasn't surprised that that happened. In fact, actually, because I kind of, in the war where I actually successfully killed the story the guy was trying to get done because he'd been so sort of clearly malicious, I sort of overstepped and I think kind of like lost a job sort of i remember when i heard that i was like oh this isn't good because now he's really got nothing like i've just got a guy out there like stealing you know like you know he's like having a sort of cyber stalker or something like a real enemy so i wasn't surprised he did that i was surprised uh i've had a hint of it in the year prior with things like the brett weinstein like i've been like privately tracking the energy i'm not like a naive libtard so you know like like i've had some sense but i didn't um know how could anyone have known what 2017 was gonna be like it was insane it was so beyond like i, I think people already forget because we've calmed down so much just how crazy it was like it's all little like one of the number one things you have to process now is in the kind of after the orgy energy of it all is that you kind of have to go like, oh, a lot of people are going to pretend they didn't fuck each other. Yeah, guys. yes. You know, like, oh, you know, I was always kind of normal. Yeah, saying yeah. You're like, no, dude, <laughs> I was watching everybody like screaming and crying and phone calls yeah. and like freak outs and like self-defenses. It was a real like, the, everyone was running around with their hair on fire. Uh, and it's not that way now. Like everybody. No, if like, it was now, you wouldn't have gotten canceled. Yeah. Or even if I did, it I would have had a cold work, cold, it would have been a cold cancellation. Yeah. Not yeah. a hot one. Right. You yeah. Know, like yeah, yeah, people yeah. still get canceled, but it's a little bit more like 
we live in this kind of country. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, well, sorry, Bob. You know, yeah. Like, yeah, like, yeah, but it's, yeah, there isn't yeah, like, yeah. I have to decide whether we're friends anymore. You know, like, it's more like, oh, shit. You lost, like, you're not going to, oh, man. Like, I think it has more of that tone now because yeah. we just live in that place now. Yeah. Until it truly breaks down, which who knows? You know, that could take a while. Yeah. It's like, right. We're, we're, we live in a society now where, like, the disease of wokeness is, like acknowledged as a disease like oh yeah yeah oh, sorry man you got it you got the yeah <laughs> yeah i don't even think it's the primary disease anymore it's more like a kind of um late well it's a post-woke quality which is like a in some ways the word the real cancellation i think comes from a kind of um aversion to drama these days so people are just so ptsd that like it's just like i don't want to deal anything that's getting near something and which is a shame because uh interesting things happen in quote unquote dangerous spaces like those where the uh, that's where treasure lies you know yeah. so if that leads kind of full circle to like my kind of bigger art project which is like i think that this is there's still a really deep problem that's making everything kind of suck yeah but it's not the same problem it's not like uh the kids and running around the campuses you know um making character posters these days so what is that thing that's making everything suck well uh i mean this would be a multivariant analysis i guess but um the one i'm just talking about is the uh simply the emotional processing of what just happened and the amount of risk aversion in the air you know is like i mean there's like damage done you know institutions are uh rot like disney even if like the CEO of Disney was like, we can't do this anymore. You kind of can't stop. Like the machine is, the ship is too big to turn around. And there's all these like subtle sort of systemic reasons now problems with the wrong people at the levers mixed with the other people who kind of just don't want to deal. And like, one thing that was kind of great about NPC Fest is I could feel like when I first started pitching to an underground film festival in New York that I think it was the spring prior maybe and to the you know funders i was really like struck at the time how much people responded so their first response was so positive like like positive to the point of like i didn't even know i wanted this to happen they were like oh my god i didn't even know i was thirsty but now that i'm drinking and so this like glass of water <laughs> and then you know the tension built up and it was kind of this why i think it was kind of a pivotal moment vibe shift like it's sort of caused everyone to kind of lose their mind again and like new york and then the scene like the terror kicked in but when the after the first day of the festival i saw it again for the next four days it was just like euphoric uh because once this kind of cloud lifts i think there's going to be like so much sense of possibility again but right now it's just a kind of pessimism that's built in from like all those years like a bad childhood or something like that's a big part of it you know and then you also just have bad economy and like you know, like real actual tectonic shifts in media, you know, like vertical integration, Netflix. So like, where is the independent film even gonna exist? If you were gonna have that kind of stuff or the independent art or literature. Um, but yeah, I think those are some of the big components of why things are not working. Mm. Well, right, but that's not really like, you're describing the environment but you're not describing the cause right well that's a so that what is the be, cause of this oh, like how did we get brain? here yeah. 
I kind of care less about that than some people. I mean, it's, it's interesting, but it's an intellectual Hello. question. Wait, hold on. Hold on one sec. Hello. Yeah, okay. We're good. It's sort of more of an intellectual question, the same way one might, you know, like I'm less interested in is there a God than how you should live. <laughs> you know, so like I'm like, it's interesting to think about, and I love reading articles and analyzing how we got here yeah. and stuff, but what I'm more interested in is like what, what to do. Yeah, and yeah, how things are working here. and how you can yeah. work them to uh and more importantly, what's how you can make what's happening next happen. I I mean I think not an incredibly brilliant observation to talk about like cycles and and pendulum swings. And I think that uh it feels to me there's inevitably going to be a sort of burst of culture that always kind of happens uh, out of these eras. And I just want to be like, can I ride that wave or help induce that wave and like by being at the center of it? get to uh well partly experience it because it'd be really fun uh but also you know capitalize on it investors <laughs> you know if we if we can help you know uh, uh create the environment where a garden will grow then hey we're gonna be right there to pluck yeah. fruit you know um but yeah i'm more interested in the systemic problems like and like like why isn't somebody in my case movies like what's actually stopping someone from making that better if there's a if there's a great film that someone wants to make and that also a great film the audience would actually want how do you get that gold out of the vault what are the pipeline problems that are preventing those two things from happening because i think there's obviously less bandwidth you make tfw and mgf and it fucking people went crazy yeah yeah because they really were but at the same time uh it was not sold you know i mean it was a success in a lot of ways but it wasn't like it uh we did a lot of our own independently, but it's not like it was just like, you know, bumping on HBO. It did, it had a fair amount of mainstream response, but. Yeah, also the provokers. Oh, the dividers. Dividers. The dividers, the provokers, yes, yes, the dividers. Provokers. The dividers, uh, the dividers, fantastic documentary. So good. Like one of the best movies I've seen, in my opinion, in like the past five years. It's about the Shia LaBeouf um, versus Sam Hyde debacle over the he will not divide us art project yeah yeah um and this like super evil art guy named something taylor or something luke luke luke, 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 luke taylor, taylor. Luke yeah taylor. and uh it's so good it is such a good documentary About and it. it's like uh why in the world would that not be on netflix you know it's like it would be the best thing anybody's seen on Netflix in five years. And it's just not on there. Or on an airplane. Yeah. Yeah. And it's anyway. actually weirdly like, cause you know, uh, it's very um, poppy in a way. I remember I think Sean, Sean Monaghan, I remember when I showed it to him, he was like, my mom would like this. Yeah, like, no, exactly. Like, kind of, like our parents know. would like it. And it would also go so far in describing like 4chan online culture that I think boomers just don't understand at all. Like that movie is really fundamentally about, the camaraderie that like outcasts find on the internet absolutely absolutely and it's about um you know in terms of like the kind of boomer as we said a and e like arts entertainment audience it's you know it's about an important moment in the new york art world yeah right actually like, yes it's a really yeah. big pivotal moment of like a, a kind of weird shift i think like from you know, like the end of one era of like post-internet kind of rapping to like you know, uh, woke exploitation or whatever you want to call it, which I, I don't even have necessarily everything completely against. I think there's a sort of a 
like a boom year or two of that stuff that was pretty good. With the uh, what, 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 oh, like, oh, what? like in uh, like early, you know, if you if you detach emotionally from the idea of whether you're like pro or against woke ideologies and just like think of like how whatever's in the zeitgeist kind of leaks into art, I think there was a genuine response influenced by it where people were honestly making films about not okay that's poorly articulated there's making something because you're trying to fit a need that you think is out there so you when you when we complain now about like a marvel movie or something it's like what you imagine as a writer who actually has like one movie they are organically writing and then they're like yeah but we gotta like make this and make sure there's a villain like that and here like that like we start they start shoving it into a different kind of box but you know a movie like get out is a really genuine thing that's true like, that's that is true, like yeah. where his head was at nobody was yeah. like jordan you got to make it more like this. right right you know, right right right. transparent yeah solid yeah first season yeah. transparent is fantastic. very it's like a really honest even though i should like hate everything about that movie it's or it's really good it's actually yeah, yeah, quite yeah. good that and that's like season. what we're talking like that's true that's a good point 16, yeah like, you know it's just like imagine if moonlight man moonlight like, felt a little phony to me but but you know. i don't think it's phony but let's just, I don't want to decide yeah, too yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it would be one of the lines I actually am stealing from, I think it was Roy Price. We can sidebar, by the way. Good podcast. I've learned good podcasts. It's about the sidebar. It's not about, it's not about I don't good. remember the movie well enough. Yeah. Right? I don't have enough to say on it. And I was defending myself from like not, you know, vaguely liking it. Um, no, it was, it was like that, you know, you have these eras, like if, there was a line, uh, I think Roy Price said to me, canceled the Amazon you had where he's like, woke is disco. This is, he said this like four years woke ago. Woke is disco. Meaning yeah, like, there's like a couple of years, it was like big, and then like everyone threw their disco records in the trash. <laughs> and the famous like baseball stadium, you know the story? Right. Like yeah. everyone threw their disco records on a Cape Bonfire one day, and it was like, suddenly like within a year, they dropped off the charts. It was like neo-rock again, a new wave. And, like, Weird. It happened really fast. Woke disco is just like a year and a half. Wow. It's really, and that's actually what most cultural moments used to feel like a couple years and it's like here we are and it's like 1984 and they're still fucking playing like disco on the radio yeah. <laughs> and i said, I said yeah there was no disco please saying you're gonna be fired if you didn't play disco anymore yeah you know, like, yeah 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 so this is exactly the point that i make all the time <clears throat> which is culture it's exactly like 1984 like you're saying culture is being kept frozen in a place that it doesn't want to be naturally like it wants to go away it wants to go in my opinion right and it's wanted to go right for a long time but it's being forced to stay like you're right it's like disco is being forced to stay on the radio and they're just like another disco hit, you know, yeah, just yeah. like and then, here we and go. And everybody's like, like, oh my god, stop. stop listening to the radio. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. So because it's only disco. Well, I mean, I think culture actually is yeah. moving forward. There's just this kind of disjunction yeah, that's happening. Yeah, yeah. And, in mainstream versus every like the actual yeah, culture. actually is an underground. The problem is it's so sort of underfunded. And then you get into like other reasons there's no public spaces for them. Yeah. Like there's that's like the corona thing and the economy thing has made it kind of tricky in other ways, but it's there's definitely uh, other cultural moments that have happened um and our hats it does you can't stop it it's a river exactly that's what i'm saying it's like that's the thing they can try to stop it all they want but that's what's so silly about it it's like this isn't china where this is america you know it's like 
you, you it, well but not but it's like in china they can kind of 1984 it right like they can pretty much set you know they're the, the middle, agenda they're in the middle of like a slacker problem they have their own slackers now i forgot what they call them like do nothings or something they have like amazing slang. well it's no it's but i thought in japan i think they call them butterfly men no no it's in china yeah, I know, but it's the same problem. thing, right? It's yeah. like people who yeah, just, they don't move out of their house and they no, just this stay. is like, like about purposely being like, you're not going to get a job. It's not necessarily yeah. not moving a house. They might like, it's like their own kind of bohemian. It's going to like be like a layabout. That's kind of cool. It is, it is. And that's a huge government problem. <laughs> so, like, you know, I'm just going to remember the fucking slangs. They were really funny. Uh, that's a cool thing. Yeah. Um, Chinese slackers. Yeah. Like the worst yeah. thing well, you can be in China. Uh, yeah, but that's uh, one of the reasons why uh, I'm not as on, I'm not as like, as you know, uh, politically uh, fixated, even though somebody just tweeted that it was a luminary of the alt right. Oh, God. Really Who funny. tweeted that? One of the guys who's actually like, one of the guys I fired 15 years ago is in the article. I was like, wow, he's still tracking me. Like, uh, well, this but, is where you and Delicious Tacos are really similar because you guys are neither of you are right wing people at all. But it's like you have just found since again, it's it's a river, and you guys are in the uh part of the river that is interesting, and the it just so happens that the part of the river that's interesting now is right wing, you know, and it's, so you're just dwelling in that area, you know. There's always been, you know, I'll, I'll hang out with anybody, and and there's always been interesting people across the political spectrum. That's yeah. one of the kind of myths, you know. I do tend to think that the more interesting the person is, the harder they are to categorize politically, generally, because, you know, if you're kind of on some sort of tribal, off the shelf, like, you know, like you know, the old bit, it's like when Democrats were like pro-immigration and, you know, it was like, whoa, whoa, I even get it backwards. Like when they used to be the anti-immigration party, now they're yeah. the pro-immigration party, magically all the Democrats changed their opinions. Yeah. You know, as soon as it like flips and like the thing, you know, like I think interesting people are, you know, like even someone like Curtis, because he's a good friend of both of ours, it's like, yeah, he's conservative, but almost in like a science fiction way. Right. It's like, like he's not actually conservative. To be like, he's not what people are picturing. Like, yeah. It's like no, he's, no. he's thinking about like, Plato or something. Dude, I guarantee in a left or in a right wing bizarro world, yeah. you and I would be sitting here having this exact same conversation just the other way. You know what I'm saying? It's like there there are just certain people who are kind of people in the system that are doing something outside of it. And just it just so happens right now that people like me are right wing but i guarantee you if we were living in a hegemonic right wing society i would be on the left you know it's just the way it is assignation too like somebody what what is somebody calling you versus what you call yourself you know it automatically becomes a slur versus an identity and uh i probably i don't want to overdo it but i I, i'm pretty like i do kind of hate politics at least in the kind of retail sense in the day-to-day sense i don't think it's a healthy i think it's kind of as I said, I agree with the take. It's like pornography a little bit, and like if you're 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 not the one fucking, it's not healthy for you to be like one. <laughs> you know, but <laughs> but also I don't like I, you know it's it feels really antithetical to art, which needs to be exploratory and open, and you need to actually be able to kind of have changing opinions or contradictory opinions within the same piece. Like that's part of the point. Is this freedom? So it's like I, the more you're in art, I think it, I'm 
I would stake my name in a debate and being like the probably the further you're gonna get from any conventional politics. And when I started Cinefamily, we had the same attitude back then. We actually, I remember we used to, because I my video store was next to the new art, and I was like, when we opened, we're like, we are never gonna show a film because it's quote unquote important. Yeah. And if you go back to our calendars, we didn't. We weren't like, well, it's not that good, but it's important. It's important. It's very you know. important for people. Yeah, you know, it's about the environment or something. It's yeah, like, it's like, no, I it had to be first and foremost. It had to be a good movie. <laughs> if I showed Active Killing, it's because it was fucking because rad. Right. Not because yeah. people needed to know. You need to know. Yeah. yeah. Right, like, right. It was like, get out of here with that or go back to school or it's just not where I'm coming from. Yeah. Um, and there's people like that in this world that yeah. you're, you know, in, in base world or whatever. You know. People like, well, but see, the, I, I here's the part everybody uh, kind of has this refrain of art should not be political. I don't really agree with that though, because did you see Sound of Freedom? I have not seen Sound you of Freedom. You gotta see it. Yeah, yeah, did yeah, you see Nefarious? No, is that the death row? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like a TV movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is a straight up, it's TV movie quality in every way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's it's like, it, you know what it's like exactly like watching? It's like watching an episode of Twilight Zone. Mm. Like, remember the old Twilight Zone? Yeah, yeah. It was so good because every one of them was like incredibly written. They didn't have to be like amazingly well made. They were just an interesting idea. You know, they were, they were exploring something interesting. Mm -hmm. Nefarious, I was like, utterly glued to the screen the entire time, even though it's not a high quality film, just because it was exploring new ideas. I was just like, please give me some new ideas. And the, the only new ideas left that are kind of interesting happen to be these sort of right wing ideas. That's that's how I see this. It's like, that, that's how I felt about Sound of Freedom. Like Sound of Freedom is actually very well made, but what's really great about it is the perspective and the world that it's exploring is like so different. It's so unique, and it's like you never see this stuff. You you never see these like types of conversations. And I, I, I definitely you know? like. I've always I've always enjoyed films as a kind of like the Roger Ebert empathy machine. Like I like Mormon movies. I like Christian music movies. Yeah. Made for Teenage Girl, where I can enter a world right. and like experience it fully. Mormon um, movies. Do those exist? Yeah. Oh yeah. There's like, Mormon movies. Beautiful podcast on that. And the Mormon movies. Oh yeah. Damn. Yeah, four generations. Based. Yeah. They're pretty fun. <laughs> uh, and they're great because they are their own universe. It's like watch. It's so uncanny valley. It's like America, but not America. You're yeah. seeing. It's like they have their own rules and um, mores, but. I, I don't like consciously political, like the idea that somebody made something, uh, it's, I mean, sometimes it might campy or work on some levels, but I've, the great stuff, I feel like if they, somebody went out intentionally, they're going to put blinders on to where it could go organically in the process. In the sense that like what you're saying, that like because of some sort of um, reactionary to like a, what's, what's left, it, because so much of the left spend so much time defining other people and you get into this um you know one definition of conservative in this sense i guess i would be it would be uh anything not left is right yeah right, right? Yeah, if you're exactly. just like if if you're just saying like if you are not taking this box yes. then suddenly i guess you're a conservative quote unquote but in that sense like all oh, are is conservative well but conservative is the wrong word because like you're like saying, daily like, wire I mean, well, that's conservative right but 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 Moebug Curtis is not conservative. He's not a conservative. He's a right winger, which is right. different than being conservative. That's actually a different thing. The futurists, the Italian futurists, right. were right wing, but not conservative 
Yeah, all right. I mean, like maybe in some ways, but I even uh, still to this day struggle. We struggle with the definitions. I'm like, yeah. I'm always grilling Curtis and people like that. I'm like, what is define it for me? Like, well, ultimately, it, it's yeah. all made up, right? I mean, ultimately, there's none of it is actually anything. It's that's really, why I said you know, the identity like, versus yeah. the designation. Like, those are two key ideas. Like, you're calling somebody something, which has some meaning, but you're really just then it's just a slur, uh, in a sense, usually. And then there's identity, which is meaningful. Like if you say like, this is who I am. And in that sense, I'm like, well, absolutely not. I've never identified as conservative. Mm -hmm. You might be able to put up a platform of ideas. Partly because I'm just not emotionally invested enough in most of these issues. Like I'm kind of like, usually I'm like, they feel um, designed to be emotionally stimulating and divisive points to focus on. Like out of the huge tapestry of things to talk about, all, all the things you might talk about politically, moral issues, how the government should be run issues, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We're constantly talking, but we've somehow picked like 15. And these are the 15 we've picked because they're just right on the edge, combining <laughs> our 50, yeah. 50 people. Yeah. And they're really emotional, like abortion or something. Yeah. You know, you're, everyone's going to have a really strong feeling yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like... Uh, well, and the funny thing is they're all issues that are kind of like... Um not super black and white right it's like uh, the, the more passionate people are about an issue the more like yeah. complex it is oh, like yeah. you know like yeah. the more like the more actually there isn't an answer like the more people feel sure about the answer about an issue on different sides the more like in reality there's no but, actual and that goes answers. back to like why like, i think yeah. art is not political in one in a key sense uh even at its best, movies like Sound of Freedom is because it, it's fake, because it's make believe. But, but Sound of Freedom's because, not like that. Yeah, it's, I, know, I haven't seen it's it. It's not what you think. But that really might think. be part of what makes it a little cheaper. I don't know. I don't, I'm assuming it really it's, isn't. Uh, it's like minimally political. It's yeah. it's a it's a, it's not like I thought it was going to be like one of these. These Christian movies are terrible. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Like I've seen these Christian movies. They are very bad. This is not one of them. Like this one's, like, it's it's good for a reason. Like it's not, it's like actually. Really but I'm saying something important, which kind of relates eventually. I'm guessing we're gonna get around to yeah Kirak. to Kirak. Um, yes, we gotta get how there. people feel so endangered by them, which I think is sort of interesting. Yeah, uh, because they are well, because art is fake, it allows you to you know the lie that tells the truth kind yeah. of thing with God. So it allows you to sort of say anything. So like in life, I might like have a. Everything that you say in politics is like a press release. It's a statement. Yeah. Did you flip flop? Right. Yeah, yeah, Did yeah. you say that before? And I'm like, I, I want to be able to just say the thing that popped in my head. And I'm like, sometimes I'll say something about like men and women and gender or something. And I'm like, I don't even know if I believe it. Yeah. I just trying it out. It's something I had a thought about, like, yeah. You know, and then like you have you, and, and, and in an artistic context, you can have a character say that or you can fray it away and you can capture that feeling. Right. Yeah. And you're not actually like committing into it as this like this is how the world must be run and I'm sticking to it because we're passing a law, which whatever. I can now actually explore the idea from all sides and the feelings about the idea, which might even be like, you know, I love women, I hate women. You know, like both can, maybe both, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and you can't. Right, right, right. Yeah, no, it's a good, it's yeah, a good yeah. Answer. And I think, well, we'll get to Kirak, which is this yeah. art collective we brought to Lisbon and people are very freaked out by a lot. <laughs> uh, rightfully so probably but I, but I i the more i think about it I'm, i don't actually think so i think they i don't know if anyone's ever been hurt 
All right. So we, we, let's or, let's actually let's set it up so that people don't just tune out because they're like, yeah, I can't keep up with what the fuck yeah. you're talking about. So so like which I that's like the number one critique I get all the time, which is people True. just say, I have no idea what you're referencing ever. Fair, <laughs> so fair, it's fair. like all right, correct. Stands for Keeping It Real Art Collective. They're Dutch. Critics. Keeping It Real Art Critics. Critics, right. Yeah, I've done oh, it yeah. myself. Keeping It Real Arts Critics. And uh, they're Dutch. And and the first video... Okay, so they have like basically a series of videos on YouTube. They, you know, Vimeo. they're the people who got famous for putting Michelle Welbeck in a porn video, which like was a news item a little while ago. They're the ones who were behind that. Or what, shooting a yeah hardcore scene. They're kind of like um, you know I, I know that you reject this and they reject this, but I just this is the way that I understand them, which is that they're like tricksters. You know, they're mercurial. They're they're like uh, they're people who put themselves in environments and kind of uh, create trouble in a way. The first. Um, video I saw of theirs was called something Netflix. So it was called uh, Stigma. Stigma. Yeah. And it was, um, it was a hilarious video because it was about basically, I mean, the first scene in it is great because they sort of make fun of this like very snooty, like art guy who makes this horrible art. Yeah, and yeah. like, he's playing this character of like autistic art guy who kind of doesn't talk mm -hmm. and they go and like, they fuck with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what it's a lot, a lot like it's a, uh, it's very similar to what's his name's movies, a uh, triangle of sadness. Well, that's, I guess in a sort of yeah. documentary form. Uh, yeah. Ruben Oslin. Ruben Oslin. But these are nonfiction, obviously. Oslin's movies are, are, you know, I don't know, what do you call it? Fiction There's some similar sensibilities. Where these are documentary, very gorilla. But then that uh, one goes on to be the girl. So it's like kind of a guy and a girl, Stefan, and what's her name? Well, here, let me, let me, okay, you let, said, let me frame, you said, let me frame it because I, I, I brought it to you. And when I was brought to Urban, I had to come up with some things to do. And them being woke, I was already becoming fascinated. Um, keeping real art critics, it was, uh, it started uh, as a fairly straight sort of documentary show uh, by Stefan, uh, Stefan, and Kate his wife kate and some other people where they would sort of review art shows um they had done like a documentary stuff in simplex which is quite good um which was also kind of personal and whatever and but in it the keeping it real part like in the art world you're really not supposed to be very critical i think is a key element here like everything's a puff piece now now right which is like, kind of what we've already talked about yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so they were sort of just a little more confrontational and like, you know, the way they would cover the art shows, they were just kind of going around picking up footage, but they kept by the nature of their kind of um, sort of uh, contrarian or exploratory personas kept getting in trouble. Uh, and, and particularly because they were trying to often talk about why the art world was needed to defibrillator to a lifeless art world. They were like kind of coming up against like woke institutional energy a lot. So in, for example, in one episode, Kate, the wife has a sort of like, pretty hot take on Weinstein and Me Too. Oh, really? Yeah, I missed middle, that. It's episode seven. What was her take? Trump. You'd have to see it. It's just like her room and like it's like kind of how the her take on the women that are talking about Weinstein being sort of in some senses they went up the hallway like being sort of intrigued or drawn because his reputation drawn like moths to the flame. To the, yeah. you know, like he's just talking about like female sexuality and about a dangerous man and in a spicy way. Honestly, it feels a lot like just if you were 
at that time, not on the radio, talking to people in the room, having real conversations. That's what they would have really Yeah, said. this is where the, like, European uh, Red Scare thing might come in. Like, yeah. Which yeah, is also not the correct label, but might be one way to kind of look at it. Yeah. They were kind of like, you know, getting in bits of trouble for spicy takes. And eventually, what this episode is about is sort of the pivot into, I think, as their, their form changed, which is um, they had gotten invited to an art school to show their newest film with some art critic or something because they were getting to be local celebrities. But by the time of the show, they've had too many minor controversies and the students have demanded that they be uninvited. You know, it's one of those classic things. The latest one being that Kate had reviewed a show uh, by this like black African photographer woman and said if that like spoiled brat wasn't a black lesbian, she never would have got the show. Well, and he called her a spoiled bitch. Well, she she says in the debate, she's like the translation of the word silly. Or something she's well, like it's so, kind of like so just what you know when you're watching when you see it and this really makes you good. really love really this makes you love correct and yeah. so I, I started out loving them and then as i watched it i kind of like soured on them a little once it gets into the, all the sex stuff but um <laughs> we'll but next, yeah. but the first thing that you had me watch of theirs is this Stigma. great girl and she's like a very both her and stefan are really smart critical thinkers and like critical speakers and she has a review of this black woman's art show. And this art show is horrible. It's just so <laughs> stupid. It's like it's very cliche. So very remedial scary. and cliche and dumb. And this girl writes a review about it, or the, the correct girl saying, like, she's a spoiled black bitch or something or something. Like, and you're just like, you're like, damn. <laughs> you're like, wow. And then she gets on stage and with like the art establishment and they kind of sh- like uh you know it's like a struggle session basically like they they try and like you pin her to the wall and and say why did you say that you know this this isn't helpful is this yeah, helpful yeah, yeah, to yeah. us and she's like the point of this is not to be helpful so she's obviously right and they all look like complete idiots which makes you really like fall in love with them i think you know from the beginning. yeah and that so that evolves into like the show becomes much more and more meta and recursive, more like Kaveh Zahidi for people who know that, like less autistic, but like about itself. It's a very social intelligent. And there's other characters in the universe, uh, particularly this uh, incredibly talented and sort of like, when I first saw him, I said it was like a funnier, more sophisticated Sam Hyde, this kind of chaotic uh, Egyptian sculptor painter that's- Sculptor painter. What's yeah, he's like, art. This, this is Tariq. Tariq's Jumo. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because he kind of looks a lot like the main guy. So they're sort of hard to tell apart <laughs> in the beginning. So they, it becomes yeah. more of a sort of reality show about them trying to get funding. And there's other, you watch, you can really get Kirak killed and go through them. They're great. Yeah. But the, the thing that happens is I show what is sort of one of their, before the Wellebeck incident, one of their more uh, outrageous episodes that got them in trouble. And, you know, back to like his art. Because they say a lot repetitively, audience artists don't have to be good, and that is one of the problems in the art world. Is the idea that in order, you know, the, the art has to be somehow benevolent or a good person, and like bad people can make good art, and like yeah. that's really central to their thinking. Not that they, I think that this only means they're that awful. To, because again, I think it's all kind of nerfed, but that's part of the debate. You, you find yourself getting into it when yeah. you're watching this stuff. Is they start to affect the world more and more. Uh, actively they start making things happen yeah yeah it's like a little shot uh so the fa- the famous episode is they um they start working with this uh girl genie 
who I might get these details wrong, but she's like a canceled uh, sort of grad student, hypersexual grad student who's accused of raping a guy or something. Oh, I didn't even know that that's who Jeannie was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, So Jeannie is like the more of the two, how would I describe? Uh, Because there's, okay, there's two girls that- We'll we'll stick with Jeannie. She's the one in Honey. Yeah, okay. She's the one in Honey. They have these like two kind of attractive girls who like- Kind of. You like Jeannie? I mean, they're both beautiful, but I mean, Issa's like a, what is it? Delicious Tacos calls her brain erasing. Oh, simp- my style, but the simpery, the yeah. the simpery oh. of of <laughs> you guys, I cannot take it. But but the lovely ladies, lovely mischief, dangerous ladies. As the um, yeah, they would beautiful mids. Let's call them beautiful. beautiful. Everybody wants a beautiful mid. <laughs> um, also, there's energetics like that. You know, uh, Jenny's she's uh, certainly charismatic. Not in my opinion. I, it's the opposite for me I'm with their, with their energy. Risky, like rating women. On your hey, oh, oh, Hadrian, I thought you were the sexist. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were the, the high sex. No. <laughs> I know. No, uh, I no. Let me just say, I, I, I think that all that discourse is so stupid. Yeah. Like, though, what, what is she a sick? Is she a mid? Is she a, it's so dumb. I think it's so, such a stupid. But here, anyway, here's the point. She, she, she gets in, she sort of falls into their world as this sort of uh, canceled figure, starts an OnlyFans and her new kind of like she's alienated from her college. This is sort of in the movie a little bit. It's back on. They brush over it pretty quick. But this is where they, and it's hard to tell how much they're getting involved or not or distorting reality, but she posts on Twitter that she wants to sleep. She's a liberal like art girl who wants to sleep with a strong conservative guy. Ah, right, right, right. Well, because she'd done it before or she starts it. I think it's a concept that they're on. Like it's like they're joking about bridging the divide. Remember? They keep saying, like, we're going to bridge, you have to bridge the divide for Netherlands. (laughs) (laughs) It's a really funny bit. So the, you know, and the first guy is like kind of like their equivalent of like a MAGA dock worker or something. It's like this yeah. like real working class guy and it turns into like an orgy with the other camera woman. Yeah, because the guy's like great in bed. Like so he they like they seek out like right wing sex and then they hire this guy who's like the perfect guy. Yeah, and and he makes them like really horny and he because he's like this blue collar. They found a secret. Yeah, this yeah. Guy. This it's, is it's it. It's funny because they're playing into I think a lot of yeah. tropes today of like you know blank, yeah. blank girlfriend, blank blank boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Uh, definitely. Yeah. But eventually they and the, by the way just so you know like it's like pornographic basically right i mean you're seeing oh, no, yeah, it hard. is straight hardcore porn hard, 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 hard. yeah pretty good hard. <laughs> and then uh uh Tariq, who used to be uh, a pimp in the middle east a high class pimp among his other class pimp. yeah so he begins through genies like instagram wooing a major well they have like their far right party there yeah i forgot right. i forgot the name of it oh, uh, and what's so amazing is like having spent a lot of time in the netherlands uh first of all they shoot a lot of this at university of amsterdam where i went so there's like shots from like i went there i studied abroad there for like a semester and so in law school and also the thing about the dutch you know there's the, the most hilarious like quote ever is from Austin Powers, you know, I, 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 I don't know what you don't know. I don't remember it. It's uh, if there's anything I hate in this world, it's people that are intolerant of other cultures and the Dutch, <laughs> 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 which is 
the Dutch are just, they're such, like, especially when you really, like, immerse with them, they're such an odd, they are an odd race of people. Yeah. They're really, like, Moominland. Like, they are in their own fucking world. Look at the potato eaters. It, now, it, the dude, they're so it's weird, insane, man. You know? they, like, they're, they're in their own, like, there's a reason why they've been around for this long, and they're a tiny little country, and they have, like, such an outsized impact. They are so fucking weird. They're like Jews. Dutch are the, the most similar to Jews of any race. And Stefan's Dutch and They're very fucking, and they're so cheap, dude. They're, they're the cheapest fucking people in the world. The worse than Jews. Dutch are worse than Jews, believe it or not. And uh, they're cheap in a different way. Okay. The Dutch, Jewish people are actually not cheap. Jewish people are more like status conscious. The, the Dutch don't give a shit about status at all. They care about like the dollars. Like they, yeah, they, they will remind you of like the 60 cents that yeah, you owe yeah, them. Yeah. 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 That's funny. But I, I noticed the like the blunt, the weird mixture of like they're rude through politeness. And I think that that's part of the Kirak energy. Yes. It's really yes. related to that cultural thing. Like, yeah. In a weird way, I've never been, experienced more rudeness, but always with this like, passive aggressive like you're the rude one. Yeah. You're like, that is like an insane way to treat me in the store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, yes, dude. You, I'm, I'm, you were just there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I was there for two yeah. days. But so they, they, they entreat this. Uh, basically, the the leader of the far. There's like a far right philosopher character. I yeah. don't know who the equivalent would be here, but he's like, you know, like an incel guy. The equivalent. He would be friends. like a. He he has very much Richard Spencer vibes. He seems like Richard Spencer, uh, except not different, not, not different obsessions, like not in the race. Like, oh, no, no. Yeah, he's not. Uh, a, he's not a racist, like, but like, kind of like, yeah, like he's like a doughy right wing intellectual. He's like a doughy right wing intellectual who like very autist. It's like he's uh, man, it would be like a lot of these frogs if you met them in person, which you never do that, you know, they're like uh yeah, like an intellectual rightist, but we don't we don't really have people like this in America. It's true. It's like we don't have an intellectual right. Well, really. I mean, I mean a Curtis little bit. Or, you know, yeah, but he, but the, he's so he, this guy is like, what does she call him? She calls him a uh, oof, an oof. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, she goes, he's an oaf. He's an oaf. Well, okay. So they, <laughs> they, they treat an oaf. him with a series of DMs, and it turns out like he's had always it goes back to like these sort of funny, like modern tropes. Like he had an affair with a leftist girl, and he sort of romanticized. So they play up the fantasy, like they were like, he'll she'll sleep with you on camera, and they like like candles and put books and fruit around, and she's like dressing with the little glasses, like she's really leading it up. And I won't say what eventually happens, but it's a a very wild ride. Like the experience. Why not? I mean, what, what does it matter? You can't no, say. Yeah, I don't. Well, think... okay. Spoilers, I guess. It won't ruin it. I've seen it like three times. I think this would make people want to watch it more. Yeah, basically. I mean, I suppose it's one of the ambiguous questions if it's planned or not. I don't believe it is. I think it's very genuine. Oh, it's definitely not planned. No, 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 no. It's definitely. He arrives, and one of the things Tariq does, or, well, it's debatable, but the idea is they tell him to bring a gift. And the idea of the gift is it's actually like an escape hatch so that if she decides she doesn't want to sleep with him, she can be like, I don't like the gift. And he brings these like chocolates and halfway through the sex session, she's like, nah. But it's not because of the chocolates. No, no, that's the, I'm saying, you know what I excuse. mean? That's like the, that's the excuse. Yeah. She's just not into him. And yeah. he's, and he's so horribly unsexy. And it's also like, 
there's a weird the, the, the thing that doesn't make sense is that he the thing that makes no sense at all he's this right-wing philosopher yet he's gonna have sex on camera what sense does it makes no sense there's different kinds of right-wing yeah but he's not the kind that's the the contradiction the reason she doesn't like him it's very obvious the reason she doesn't like him is because he's not edgy fascist right wing that's what she she that would be fine right she would be into that she liked the back he's like a he's like a neocon mike pence but he's about to have sex on camera. It's like it doesn't add up, you know. So it's yeah, like it so doesn't like make soft sense. Soft but oafish. And, yeah, yeah. And they yeah. really put him through the ringer. Like they make yeah. him go get a gift for her. It's fucked like, up. That's where they started losing me. Was but when the they really not, dug it in but, with him. It was fucked up. But then it's sort of tender at the end in a weird way. And I'll tell you, there's an interesting addendum to the story. Like when she's talking with Kate at the end, and they're looking at the Bosch painting. She's trying to sort of talk him off the ledge because he's freaking out. Is like. First off, I want to point out, none of this is a prank. Everybody keeps calling them pranksters. And like, what's happening here is a kind of ruthless pursuit of content or like whatever's most interesting, but they're not actually like, let's see if we can- They're not it's pranking not people. It's not Sasha Baron Cohen. You know, like, there's not like, a lie. There's not a lie, right? They, there's that, some subtle weird ones, arguably, but like what? not with- Like what? Well, some of them are just pointless, like her saying that she's pregnant to the other camera. That's true. They do baby. do that. They do do that. You know, and that, so that was just like cruel, though. That was no, no, they cruel. say, no, that's amongst friends. She doesn't care. That's funny. No, but it's cruel to him. Oh, but she doesn't say it to him. She says it off camera to the other guy. Whatever. It's a very playful side moment. I that one's not so bad. This. Probably yeah. the. Um... <laughs> and I talked with Tariq about it, too. It, I think there's more to unpack than any simple thing and more of the points because having seen all their films like very it's the only time where somebody really comes out really badly uh but it is true that you kind of lose control of your narrative and he sort of withdraws his consent but then he gives it back yeah, again, yeah, yeah. and he sort of suck it yeah, 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 yeah and it's just sort of scary seeing like gamesmanship played at this sort of high level socially but i do think it's utterly harmless and and here's my real point uh to support and support that is when they were in court for the Welbeck case, uh, because who knows what actually happened there. We'll find out someday. I'm sure the movie's going to be great, to be honest. Uh, and they filmed all the court proceedings, all that mad stuff. With the when Welbeck wrote a book about book them, about, about how he hates them. Yeah. And sued yeah. and whatever. I think the suing is more to get ahead of the narrative, because in some ways he's afraid how he comes off or whatever. Do we know why he sued? So he was also honeypotted, basically, or what happened? I mean, no, I... What I haven't seen the movie's not done. Um, what I have collected, obviously, we're now getting into like one of the problems here is that once you get into a legal case, everyone has to sort of stick to the story. So I'm not even sure. I haven't really explored all the evidence myself, but my best sense is that um, I, I mean, at least what I've heard is that Welbeck's wife arranged it, had the idea, had they'd seen Honeypot. Here's one thing: they had seen Honeypot. So they didn't not know who Karen Well, this was. is like with us, right? This is with yeah. us. We we did this same thing. We we got them involved with Urbit assembly, and then they came, and of course they like kind of trolled us, which well, they didn't. I mean, I didn't see it. So, cult, so I'm not just trolling you, sorry, but well, but didn't they, they everybody said they turned on us? I wasn't no, there. I wasn't there. I think there's just a feverish energy of like this is like behind the scenes, like people are getting like emotional strife and Stefan's going to the hospital and like then one kid that one guy Ben's like filming without permission and like you know no no I mean at the event we had 
So Hadrian and I had an event. Oh, no, nothing that bad. I, that Pelic bad? said they turned. Pelic said they turned on us at the end of the night. I mean, like, did I, I had like a little snippet with Ben, a little back and forth, like, but nothing like, nothing worth airing is like a press release or, or move, you know, nothing, nothing very significant. They, I, I will say when they, so it's what it's like on the other side of the camera, they, they come up to you yeah. and they kind of, they like, they like say, what's up? And they, they hold the camera like chest level and they kind of shine, like they stare the camera, like right at you. And they don't, it's very weird because when you're on the other side of it, you know, you're being filmed. And so you kind of like, of course, you're going to act differently. Well, that's... And, and, and then it's like, they, they like, they're not like, there's a lot of different people. They don't mess with you really, but, but like, I don't know, like they were totally every fine with me, but I'm sure their, they, every one of them is their own character. Yeah. Like I watched the fun interview, John, and it was a fascinating process. He was a really good interviewer and it was definitely like poking. John Pellick. Yeah. Oh, nice. Oh, but that's who they tried to flip on. Didn't they later? No. I mean, there was a thing. Oh my God. We're really getting granny one way that no one in here is going to understand the way we're jumping around, uh, which is part of the experience, of Jack, <laughs> which I will say is like entering the world. I was saying it's kind of like deciding to take a heroic dose of psychedelics sometimes because you're like, it's exciting. It, it could be fun, but like, yeah, who knows what's going to happen. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, well, no. And that's but, why I but, thought uh, was great about having them there was that it provided an edge, you know, which was good. And that's again, exactly why the number one of our overarching thing to remember is Stefan was not really there. Because the because thing we're kind of is that I met him one night. I had dinner with him. It was a really great dinner. He did one interview with John. The next day, I was pulled out of the conference by Jeannie, who was like, we have an emergency. He was like interviewing somebody with Curtis. And I uh, went back to the house. And it was like he'd, he'd had like an ear infection from his kids. And he was like getting dizzy and feeling aching. And they called his Dutch doctor. And the Dutch doctor was like, go to a hospital immediately. It sounds like you have meningitis. And within like hours in real time, he was like disintegrating in the Airbnb uh, to like derangement and vomit while we're trying to get like a third world, basically a third world situation, getting it to 90 minutes to get to the hospital. They induced him into a coma. So this is like the background of all the other micro dramas. And I, it's hard to know like how Stefan would have handled, you know, like I don't think Stefan would have filmed if he had, he, I watched him for a week negotiate with Thomas. So you realize how insane it is yeah. that the, you know maybe they're not the what do you call it they're not pranksters but they're definitely like tricksters the guy shows up and then gets meningitis i mean of course everybody's going to be like he doesn't have fucking meningitis oh my god somebody actually said yeah. that one. I was like dude i carried the guy down five flights of stairs it's real i mean like, i i didn't think of, he did i didn't think he did. Like, i thought it had to be fake i thought it i thought there was no way it was real i mean so, it's so I, coincidental I mean, I, in a way it says something to the power of their work that people their brain goes there because again, if you actually look at the work, there's very little on that. There's scale. very you're you're right, but it's still just like in a very broad strokes way. It's like if you were looking at it from zoomed out, you'd be like, no, of course he's fucking around. You know what I'm saying? But you're right that if you actually like, if you're in the situation and you like see who they are and you see what what they do, you know, it, what it is? It, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's I, maybe part of the reason why the paranoia is induced by their material sometimes or by their culture or something because they have their own infighting like we didn't even get into like that stuff um is that because there's so much ambiguity in it and it's like 
a lot of their films by getting closer and closer to the truth through these like recursive endless discussions, but also with very sophisticated people. In some ways, it's like a detective story where the truth is constantly eluding you. It's just out of grasp. Like what actually happened in the honeypot or in these movies, just the fact that you'd never have that comfortable sense of like, I know exactly who the good person is, the bad person is, what happened, this happened, where they lied and where they don't. And once you've opened the crack of the door to Cthulhu, you know, like it becomes a cosmic, this is like Tariq's obsession with H.P. Uh, Lovecraft. There's a kind of like cosmic unknowingness of it all. I know this sounds heavy, but I actually really believe it. Having been in it for the last couple of weeks. What's like, great about, what's great about uh, Honeypot, even though I disapprove of it generally, is that the thing I don't what, like? What, is, is, what, what, what do you disapprove? Okay, here's what I don't like about Honeypot. The thing I don't like about Honeypot is the relationship between her and Tariq, because the relationship because because he's gonna win no matter what, right? Like he's he's, he's gonna he's win, going to win him and Genie. The, the 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 thing I take the the same nausea I feel when I watch Sasha Baron Cohen I feel when I watch Crack, not not the Netflix one because then they were the underdog right they were like they were under the pressure of an institution when it was all of them in a room and this poor fucking schmuck who right. admittedly put himself there and you know it was his fault it was still like. You and could tell socially inept, and they're so sophisticated. exactly they're so sophisticated, and you can tell that her and T Tariq was just loving the fact <laughs> that this guy couldn't fuck her and he could, you know. And it was like that's what I don't want to say. Tariq. I know too much behind this, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe not he could, but it, maybe I mean, not even he could. Right, yeah, right, but it was more just like. She was his. What happened at the end of it? She came on his lap and was like, "Let's yeah, fuck. Let's fuck." And he pushes her off. He was delighted in being that yes. role. If Tariq was the other role, he would not have been very fucking happy. You know what I'm saying? He would never be in the other role, right? But I'm just, I'm still saying, like indulging but, but, and indulge. Trust me, as somebody. Sorry, I'm not saying trust me to you, but I'm just saying, like, as someone in the world, feels like bullying. I've been that guy where I'm in, in mocking somebody else's ability to get a girl and I'm getting the girl, it's not a nice thing to do. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, and I've been, I've been on the other side of it too. I think, I think I've been on both sides. I've been on I both think, sides. I think, first off, I think Tariq would have loved for Jeannie to actually sleep with him. Maybe. And I, no, 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 no. He's a fucking Italy. He's a, he's been a high end pimp. He remember when he's like, I want to get all the other ones in the party. Like he's, he would okay. love what he would have loved as much as anything else, I think would have been for it to go great. And then him to now climb his way up the ladder and get into like deeper and deeper and richer circles. Like he likes whatever's most entertaining on some level, but. All right. Look, that's but, fine. Again, I'm I'm not saying he wouldn't have liked it. But I, had, I, but I hear, they, you, I hear you. had they, had they done that. And again, I'm, I'm not saying like, you know, uh, he didn't want it to happen. All I'm saying is there was these moments when it really became just naked mockery of this guy. And and they were holding all the cards and they, he was holding none of the cards. It was, and it was just like, man, this guy is fucked. Like, and, and they got him exactly where they wanted him. He could have, but, but hold on. But, but yeah, exactly. Here, here's what I'll also say in, yeah. in favor of it is there is something really great about somebody who's willing to film that level of truth, right? 
you know, and somebody who's willing to film that complicated of a situation. And they even talk about is, their own is, That's badass. That's Kate badass. Yeah. Like the fatty Elons. You know, well, and, and the way that she, the, the male female dynamic there of the way that she got, you know, the ick. That, that's the best movie I've ever seen about the ick. You know what I mean? Do you know what the ick is? It's actually the thing that's so terrifying yeah. about the, that is that, and I would say, thought this about Jeannie every time I talked to her because I really like her, but I remember being like, she gives such good eyes to him until the moment. That yes. Like, I was like, yes. Especially on this guy. He would never know. That she's no, like, he is the reason like, that he fucked it up for sure. I, yeah, I, I'm not saying that. So convincingly present until yeah. the moment she's not. It's really scary. No, but that's what's so good. Like again, that's what's so great. About it. So but I, but I, 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 I have gotten to the interesting addendum of okay. full circle. You know, they're in this court case, and uh, you know, at one point the Welbeck's lawyers like, and they destroyed the Sid Lucasen thing. But what they didn't know is that Sid Lucasen has since then reached out to, Wait, at least oh. this is the story I've been told, has since then reached out to Kirak to say that with the lawsuit going on, he wanted to say publicly that. Uh, he's fine, that the experience was survivable and like not that bad. And he said he would only do it if they would video him with two hot chicks on either side saying it. It had, couldn't be Jeannie. So there's actually, as part of the evidence for the Welbeck trial, oh, it at the thing, like it's fine, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> you know, like, so that's what I meant. Like, in some level, like the stakes are enormously high. And on some level, they're only as high as you make them yeah. because they're not actually murdering people or you know uh, no 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 they're not and again like i i i mean what am i dude i went to fucking vibe camp and completely outed i mean not i, I didn't completely out them because i didn't name them but like you know i write stories about people who i don't tell i'm a fucking writing about them you know like like so am i any better than them like no or maybe I, you i'm do, not you but know you make yourself seem like you like this but you exactly actually, but you, then but really you, yeah but yeah you, well back Absolutely. to the contradictory instincts like you genuinely give the feeling you like them because you do and at the same time there's another part of you that's like oh this is going to be a really absolute story 100 percent. and so like i cannot i respect I am someone who is a moral person. I try to be moral, but my morality really is truth. And so like, if they're going to explore truth in a very interesting way, I respect them for it. Mm -hmm. I'm more just like aesthetically in the substance of it, it starts to turn me off when they get into the like Sam Hyde world of things where it starts to everything breaks down and like sam hyde here's what i don't like about sam hyde he's never gonna lose right sam hyde will never lose every situation that he is in he's going to win that situation he's never going to put himself in a situation where he is you know like kind of underneath something else like well, and that so i don't that's always bugged me it's the same thing with uh I, 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 I want to kind of also, I think the fair thing to do, and, and almost in this sense, it's like both DT, Delicious Tigers, was like he had to show Honeypot on some levels. Like I, I wish I hadn't because um, a lot of the comments you're making would be probably more fair to talk about that specific film because we've only seen a couple at this point. I mean, I've watched more like I'd really, Under the Sinking Sun, the follow-up film, which explores some similar territories, I don't think it hits any of those emotional notes. yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, it's hitting other notes and like there are things that are sort of like they do sort of reflect on their own weaknesses and flaws. And then there's 
maybe other critical complaints one could have about them. Uh, but I think the broader spectrum of the work, I think it's a little bit like Honey Putt is so outsized and it's such a strong flavored experience. It's like everyone just remembers their horror movie. It's definitely unforgettable. It's, you know, it's uh, definitely something you watch and you, you're you not going to forget watching it. <laughs> you know, like it's, but it's, that, that general question yeah. of like sort of truth or not, which, you know, it's a, again, a sort of horizon one could never reach anyways. Um, yeah. I think right. it is a consistent theme for sure. In all of it. What was the other one? Oh, and then we also screened. So we did this screening on Monday oh night. God. The other one sucked. <laughs> the other one was terrible. And it was just the one the two girls made together. So of course it fucking was horrible. But it was like them like window shopping and like oh, and, oh she breaks I, up I, with I her. Oh, one. classic that one, like, classic scenario. That one's terrifying. Uh, well, it's like exactly it. what we're saying, isn't it? Yeah. It's like uh she was uh you know, like br she broke up with her boyfriend on camera, which yeah, is fucking she puts sad. like a barbed wire crown on him. Yeah, she puts a barbed wire fucking crown on him, and like, yeah, dumps him on camera as some sort of like filter for future boyfriends. At the same time, it's a it's a it's a um, mating call to find a boyfriend at Urban. <laughs> <Don't forget laughs> she says, anyway. "Where's my this?" And this is where I mean, like, I don't. Like that, that last one was just like, oh my God, please. You know, it was, it was not, uh, it didn't have the subtlety of the others and it was fucked up. You know, you shouldn't, oh God, it's so tough, you know, because it's like in a way breaking up with your boyfriend on camera, there's something really badass about that because it's like, damn, like it's, you don't, you never see that, well, but it's like things, at the same two, time, it's like, two things. one, she was like, it was like anybody who dates her for the rest of time. That's like the ultimate gauntlet laid down. It's like you're, you're, you're like, yeah. and she is. But I know you guys, who but love she it, is undeniably it. kind of like a model, a statuesque model of a creature. May she's not be like, taste, she's but... like a model who gone wrong. She's like a model gone wrong. You know, right. I'm not gonna. Uh, oh, hey, you're brought it up. I get. I can say what I want about it. enough people would find her. Whatever. She, uh, she's you know she's attractive i think it's like uh but but, but, yeah, so she's but what i found interesting about that one thing is like anybody who dates an artist like on some level if you you know you're, you you interact with dt he's gonna write a story about fucking on a washing machine at urban right right so and, he, is, and he's gonna end up in someone else's home so like these relationships between artists i think there is a constant moral and and interesting strife between them, like when you're like full. Wait, did did, did tacos bang somebody on a washing machine in Urban? Yeah, Tim, go read a Substack, man. Oh, did he? He has a new one about banging somebody at a washing yeah, machine. Yeah, he oh, lost, he lost his sexual sobriety. Yeah, of course he did. Um, but my real he, point he is, he was like, so. I, I can't. I don't even want to talk about it. It was so ridiculous. But but the point is, is like back to the like taking acid thing. Like Stefan and Kate, they make these films together. Like. If you're gonna, it's almost like you're gonna live this lifestyle where everything is gonna become part of the art. If you're gonna date, you know, Philip Roth or whatever, you know, like you are going to be in his work in a way that is like, you, they all end up writing about it. And while this was much more literal, like it's literally filming him, but it's in a sense like, or it's the same way, like, what's it like to fucking date Kaveh Zahidi? You know, like you are going to become part of it and you need to have someone else who's like on board for that life uh style yeah sure. which, which style. people are dude is a, that, that's what also there's a huge difference between filming and writing like you know what's so interesting is like nabokov 
we can read this book Lolita, arguably the greatest book ever written in the English language in terms of just pure quality of language. This is a book about pedophilia. It's okay. We're fine with it. Like everybody's like, all right, let's fucking read it. You know, like whatever, it doesn't matter. But if you were to record it on camera, that would be like the worst crime. You know what I mean? Which is like very weird, right? Well, and but, I guess but, but, but actually, the, the better, better requires other people because you know, fiction is fiction would be to fictionalize it on camera. Like there was a film recently uh about i mean there's no way it's there was a film recently fiction, right? that got like banned from the internet I, we played it at npc fest we played it at the i programmed it for that underground festival in new york actually called the trouble with being born and even that and it was just about uh ai robot yeah yes child. yeah right right the, the right. guy fox at one point you see him like washing out and just yeah I, i'm like yes that is okay like right. that movie's okay you, I, if you're not actually you know, like you could show people dying in film. I don't believe in snuff films, but well, I mean, and pedophilia is also such a funny thing, right? Because it's like, cool. like Isaac Simpson pedophilia. Is yeah, such a funny well, because it's like I mean, like look, <laughs> I I feel when I watch Sound of Freedom, and I've seen it. So, like, Sound of Freedom is about uh, the child sex trade, sure. and like uh, you go to Cambodia, you see it like with your eyes, and also. Michael Crichton has a book called Travels. He goes to Thailand with a bunch of like Hollywood executives and they all bang like 12 year old girls. He doesn't, but he says everybody else did. <laughs> and it's like, then like when that came out, was that a huge controversy? No, nobody ever was like, what are you doing in Thailand? And the thing is like the Thais and the Cambodians, they don't care. Like really? I mean, like they kind of do. They definitely care. Like when you see it in Cambodia, I was so disturbed. I You see it up close and it's so disgusting and it's so upsetting. And you, I, I like kept talking to the fucking- When you say you see it up close, you see them on the streets like selling themselves. Old men right. walking around with like 12 year old girls. Like holding their hands. It, yeah. And it is fucking horrifying. And and it's so, it's, it's so horrifying that you can't even- believe it you know and it's funny because i went there with a guy who was like a nice guy mm -hmm. you know who's like a guy i'm a good guy yeah he yeah, was like yeah. that type and banging 12 year olds no time. he didn't bang <laughs> but he but but the thing is like he didn't even see it like i saw it so clearly and i was like that is the most fucked up thing i've ever seen in my entire life and i went up to like the people at the bus stop and i was like Am I crazy or is this like like and they were like they were like yeah he was they were like very common around here there's nothing we can do about it there's nothing we can do about it. and I'm just like what like it makes you insane because you're like how am I accepting this and you know you want to say something but you don't I I didn't say anything because it's like it seems like it's normal you know like nobody's saying anything right. you know like right but it's really fucked up because it's like you should say something but what are you gonna fucking say you know what I mean like what are you like. What is even going to fucking happen? And so you, this is something that's happening in the world that's really bad. And no one talks about it. You know, like nobody explores this thing. And Sound of Freedom explores this thing, which is really good. And I feel completely revolted by it. In Sound of Freedom, they have this like saying, which is God's children are not for sale, <laughs> which is like kind of ridiculous. But it's also like, God's children is not for sale is them telling themselves why this is bad, right? They're, they're right. saying, you know, it's not, it's bad because selling people's bad.
and but really the reason is it feels horrible right but at the same time the ties the cambodians don't view it that way the ties don't view it that way they don't see it in that same way that we do like sex for them is not really a big deal like it's it's a much smaller you know you you read these stories of captain cook coming to the shores of you know the islands in the south asia the women just ran to the thing and fuck the guys on the beach you know and it was like there no it was like whatever like they don't view sex as this like really private thing for them it's much much less private so it's this odd you know pedophilia is this really really odd thing because it's like we feel in our society like it's the worst thing in the world but you could totally imagine another society where they're just like, eh. yeah. I mean, it's like <laughs> what are the universal, what, which taboo right. is related to yeah. universal exactly. and which exactly. are cultural and definitely, I mean, this is like very tentative territory to wander into, but yeah, I mean, there's clearly like, there's something universal that feels wrong. There's something that's subjective. There's probably something in between, like obviously the, age of consent is like both arbitrary and necessary it, well, right so like, like you, know, you have to pick a year but right. nobody believes there's like a magic exactly. day where exactly. like that's the day like yeah that's, that's why the day you become an adult states. that's why it's like oh james franco wasn't pedophilic because in new york the age of consent yeah. is 17. <laughs> you, know, 17 yeah, yeah. you can't say he was like flirting with mine is pedophile right, you know? right i mean right. i think we all kind of know the difference but um on some level, though it's gotten weirder these days, I do think like um, I think it's more it's than weirdly. We... It's weird how much people are obsessed with it. Exactly, it would, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like that's I don't saying. remember yeah. most of my life. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. That much of a subject. Of when Crichton wrote Travels and this came out, no one like well, you know, had what, a you know huge what I think about it. Nobody cared. They didn't. Know, they didn't think. I actually, about remember thinking about after the orgy when I'm like everybody likes to pretend yeah. it didn't happen. One of the great examples of those actually of like how we all the culture just goes like yeah whatever uh is if fucking tracy lords happened today well she was the original so tracy lords oh yeah was she was like, like 16 or something and she was no first off you have to contextualize it by saying like tracy lords was the most famous porn star by a country yeah, i remember this vaguely. like the yeah. marilyn monroe slash madonna like just easily every man in america had <laughs> masturbated to tracy <laughs> like she was this made a hundred videos in three years the the face of porn yeah, yeah and she had faked her id in every single film she made except one she was underage first one she's 15. god unbelievable, unbelievable. they all they had to pull and every tracy Lawrence country every video store in the country holy shit and like and no one wants to talk about this well uh, i think like it's like every guy <laughs> didn't know they were doing it they weren't like they weren't googling like 16 year old girl but there were just like millions of men who masturbated to a 15 16 year old girl for like whatever years and like, like we didn't do you know yeah we're not talking about after the orgy Nobody else that didn't happen i didn't know i didn't know <laughs> That's hilarious. I didn't yeah. know that about Tracy. Yeah, Lawrence. yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Good, good. The first one. She like faked her ID. It's like a classic LA runway. Like, yeah, you know. Uh, yeah. So, all right. So, so uh, what? What was your uh, uh, urban assembly? Let's talk about urban assembly for the last right. uh, thirty minutes here. Okay. You all right? Yeah, yeah I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> 
Urban Assembly. What did, what did you think about Urban Assembly? You Okay, let me just set this up a little bit. Hadrian, you are like a true bohemian. You know, you, you are a truly bohemian man. People like you do not exist in anywhere besides New York and L.A. You know, maybe there's a couple of you in San Francisco, maybe a couple in Chicago. But like the Hadrian Beloves of the world are a rare, you're a rare breed that truly only exists in these cities. And I know this because I grew up in a theater family. So I've, you know, I've, I've been around this. What's incredible that's happening right now, this confluence of cultural factors has led it so that you who are, you know, a complete art person, you know, you have this house that is like set up for parties. You have this endless bar and an endless screen. And, you know, we screened to live and die in LA there the other day. And uh, you are now in this position where you're like planning urban assembly. Well, uh, we're helping with some parties. Very loosely helping to plan. Some of the parties. But, but, But I'm saying you're and I impact in urban assembly. I mean, who were the big fucking acts? We pretty much made that thing happen. And I mean, anything anybody says about urban assembly was pretty much our doing. So like, you know, what did you think about that? And and coming from where you come from, which is just straight mainstream art, like how are you feeling about this? Well, I wouldn't call myself mainstream art first off. Even at the peak of uh, my, uh, whatever, my impresario days when I was a culturally influential person in some sense, I was within Hollywood running something very independent and cellular. Cinefamily was its own weird universe. Uh, it was very independent. Um, we had a weird relationship to mainstream movies, as, as counterculture and culture always does. But I think we, I was always, I hesitate to use the word countercultural, but I'll just say it for right now. I was always essentially countercultural, even then. You know, our biggest tribute was to Robert Downey Sr. who made Funny Slope. We weren't like, it, inevitably, there's a play between mainstream and that because like the vampires from the aristocracy come down for the working class. Like they like- Well, but you were video store counterculture, which isn't, that's not, that's not- uh, That's- Bands and weird comedy and art fest. We were doing all kinds of weird stuff. But- That's not Gaspar Noe counterculture. uh, We did stuff with Gaspar a lot. I partied with Gaspar. What do you think of him? I love Gaspar. He's hard to understand his accents, like I'm saying, but- uh, He's pretty cool. He partied at the theater one night, like uh, bottles of art hose around, and I remember like nice and legend. Went to William. I heard from people at William Morris the next day that he came in like looking wrecked, and they were like, "He was like, oh, I was at City Family." <laughs> <laughs> like, that, that was that's a cool point. That um, no, uh, but I guess you're asking about like going from that to Urbit in my life or something. Well, to to t- some t- degree, t- first off, I also have just like. You know, Philip Ross said there's uh, two kinds of Jews, book Jews and money Jews. Yeah. And like the joke for me is like, I don't know which one I am. You're my whole life, I thought it was a book Jew, but it turns out I'm a money Jew. Well, you're just like also a very odd Jew case, which is yeah. funny because you you don't look Jewish at all. Like, I guess I got my mom's baby blues. Yeah, um, you got the blues, the nose isn't there and your name isn't there. Weird name. Yeah, but regarding non, you're a you're a very non-Jewy Jew. Real, it's so funny. I think of myself as extraordinarily Jewish, but no, you culture, really, culture, culture. You, re- you really don't have a lot of yeah. Jewish tendencies. But 
the real point is, is like, I did always do just like, there was a side of Sydney Family where I was just doing event planning. I did weddings. I did, you know. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was a venue. Like, it probably made, could have made more money doing that. So I. Oh, do, uh, this was the silent theater. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, you're building a staff and a production capacity. So on some level, you're white labeling and just doing work. Like, yeah. I definitely did stuff for hire to pay the bills, just like maybe marketing or something. So. It's not like that foreign to help with something that's further for me. But I think maybe more what you're getting at, kind of like you were earlier about drifting to this world, is like once I was like kicked out of the vampire castle, right? And like truly exited the vampire castle. I didn't exit, I was kicked out. And I'm out here in the wilderness with all these other wild characters and tribes and this like post-apocalyptic landscape. And I ended up through first uh, Curtis Yarvin, you know, meeting him and him introducing me to people at Teal Capital and like other characters. And like, I ended up kind of um, doing this kind of like tour through all these different tribes. I don't even think just urban. I was like Hereticon, you know, I was like- Is this in your eyes too much? No, it's great. It's great. Um, which matched my curiosity as a culture snoop. I've always been kind of open-minded. Mormon movies, conservative movies, whatever. I don't care. I'm always kind of- Curious. So I had already been kind of like just through like fundraising for the Alex Jones movie or the promotional strategies. I had wandered, been wandering through this world looking for interesting people for the last year or two, anyways. And it has been fun and weird and interesting. And I found incredible characters like you and Delicious Tacos. And, you know, um, I'm not a lifer. It's true. I'm probably more of a, I used to joke with James Poe that we were like fellow tourists kind of like we're kind of wandering through like on a cruise ship, you know. Um, I think my curiosity is going to just drive me to new scenes anyways. And I'll like take away memories and people like you who will like be friends in the future. But I, I wouldn't want to stay in one place that long anyways. Um, in terms of Urbit, I mean, I, they were one of my, uh, I would say they were one of my favorite sub-tribes. I think they're very, um, I like the utopianism of it actually. It's not negative. It's not a lot of bitching and grieving going on in Urbit. Um, you know, like it's definitely kooky. You know, I when I, I remember the first time I was at Urbit last year, I texted Curtis and I was like, it's like est for tech people or something. <laughs> and he was like, good. You know, like there's definitely this kind of um I do think there's a lot of uh I think, you know, there's a thing I used to think about, which was like the 70s hangover from the 60s. So you've got the kind of, um, uh, you know, the classic kind of 60s summer blog, these like booming ideas. And then there was this kind of thing that happened in the well, 70s. Well, the bombings were in the 70s. This is what people, they, all the weather underground was shit was in the 70s. But also a lot of what people think of as the 60s is 70s. Is the 70s, like, exactly. A lot of, yeah. like, a lot of the Actually, it's obsession, totally true. Totally true. Like, as to new, yeah, new age shit. New age yeah, yeah, 70s, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. All this the animation. 70s pretty much were the 60s. Like, like what we think of the sixties were actually still the fifties, pretty much. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah, until like parents yeah. are from the sixties, they're actually like. Except there's a few like weird things when you look at a band and you're like, their first song came out in sixty three, and you're like, what? Like I thought I thought that was a totally like. Well, they're the ones like changing the game. Yeah, but yeah. I feel like in the Silicon Valley, like you know, there was this boom, which is actually very old, the dot com boom, you know, and. That's the that's the actual sixties, and there's this kind of like hangover happening right now where people are like, "Did we create something evil? 
was it good what's it all mean and and you're seeing and i feel like everything from praxis to urban whatever there's this like have you hung out in praxis not a lot have you hung out at all in praxis i mean i've been to like some meetups and stuff i don't know what does it mean to hang out in praxis i don't know i mean swampland in florida where how do you hang out in praxis well i'm just no no no. i mean like have you hung out with the people i've met a lot of people who work with so what's praxis like I don't, I haven't gotten a full taste. Yeah. I haven't gotten a full taste. Like, cause I was. That's know, one. I have zero experience with practice. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I know Reva and I know Mike I'm Ma. A little, I don't uh, know him. I met him once. It's sus. It's like, uh, it feels a little, uh, feels a little rich kitty. Yeah. I think it's, heart. I think it's basically like rich kids wearing yeah. masks. I mean, I got, or, or like, um, you know, like the vibe is not, I have not connected with the vibe as much. Like a little bit of me, like, I'm like, this is back to like, this is window dressing for gated communities. Like, like you've, yeah, it's, like it's, that, it's you've rich. Kid. Of like, like, it's like Gen Z gated community. You could just like make a little town in Phoenix. Like no rich gated. No rich people come in. And, like, the rules. Like, I'm like, Oh, they just like. Praxis is the new it. Clearwood estates. Basically. <laughs> For like rich tax people, you gotta pay a million. Except there is no clear wood space. Yeah, right. It's the right. idea, of right? It's like you don't even have the land. It's just, yeah. <laughs> you have a, you have an NFT that says clear wood estates on it. Yeah. Right. That's know, hilarious. I, you know, someone can practice to take me out for dinner. Change, change my mind. Yeah, like, it's yeah, just yeah, it's yeah, just yeah, tangential. Yeah. You know, like I'm. That's why I'm like hesitant to do my skewering. But no, yeah, I haven't been sold. Uh, but the urban people are are. Um, you know, like it feels a little unreal, of course. Um, but the idealism is charming, and and the individual people I keep meeting are have, are consistently very likable and sort of smart and weird, which I like all those traits. You know, um, I don't have any grasp enough of the tech to really weigh in on like that part. You're asking about the cultural take. I do sort of. Um, you know, I think they had an interesting point. They, you know, they kind of had a cultural moment a year or two ago, last year, I guess. And they kind of made a big play and they spent the money. And Well, that's where we met. We met at Urban that's Assembly true. in Miami. That's true. Yeah. No, no, no. Wait, we'd met before that. Yeah, but that's when we really met. That's the first time we hung. When did we actually meet? Did you, we met? You have some earlier memory, which... No, so I came to the Alex's War opening party here, but we had already met once before somewhere else. Oh, no, no, no. Tacos brought me to the... You screened Alex's War at, like, some little theater. Yeah, and, yeah. and it was like... Uh, Kate was there? Whatever happened to her? She completely disappeared. Uh, she's uh, stepping somewhere. Yeah, Kate is gone. Yeah, uh, yeah, but the, the Urban's when we really met. That was yeah. probably like a meet and greet or whatever handshake. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like that's we we hung there, and, like party there. You know, like Japanese Japanese business style. Got drunk together. You know, yeah. That, that was <laughs> when we actually met. Uh, like like I barely remember the other time. Well, because you were just in like premiere mode, which is I understand. Yeah, hosting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but um. Yeah, I think it's like, I guess it's sort of an interesting question that I was sort of witnessing for Urban, which is like, how important is it to be, uh, how important is culture to Urban? Was sort of one of the big dividing questions. Like, is this just, do they, are they just need in the cave and they're not ready to come down yet with the tech? And how important is it that they have, um, you know, uh, uh, 
outreach, I guess? Are they past the stage in a business of like developing the product to have trying to get early adopters? Wow, no. Yeah, I mean, you're you're coming to this so late that it's like th these questions you're asking are almost absurd at this point. I mean, even asking this question is is at this point absurd. Yeah, I mean, I think what I was trying to do, I suppose, by helping out, and I was late. I was late to the whole assembly. You know, you only you only brought me in like a month before it happened or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I wasn't like deep in the planning or something, but like I did want to make sure that I thought it was important for the people there uh, that they feel like something good and fun is happening with each other. Like that they're going to want to come, like not about new people to come to next year's assembly, but that everybody there would be like, that was great. I want to come. I'm glad I'm Well, I, I think it was, I, it was very smart to bring Kirk. I think, I think the Kirk idea was very very good because that was the perfect like yeah. thing to introduce into the situation the thing that the seven wasn't on the panel he would have been very fun the thing well right had he not gotten meningitis would have been way better yeah, yeah. the thing that sucked about assembly this year that was not true in miami mm -hmm. was we just didn't have the infrastructure to have fun you know the, the, there wasn't like fun really you know like uh, urban assembly portugal at least for me was very uh stressful <laughs> and it was not it wasn't like everything was very far apart uh it, it was not in the right part of the city we were in the wrong parts of the city all the time and we didn't have the infrastructure to like like my vision for these meetups is you don't like this because you're more of like a cigarette smoker talker type. Uh, I like, like, I want to like have insane EDM, like mind erasing, like DJ sets or like a sunrise set at Burning Man. You know, like I want to have like real fun, you know, like, like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't want it to just be a I bunch of us, its us like smoking cigarettes with me and schizo freck, you know, talking. Well, for, I mean, look, I, I three hours I think on Coke. Not that he was, he was not doing Coke, but I'm saying like, you know, we're all doing Coke and, you know, like talking. This is very Sarah Lawrence. It's very Dime Square. And it's like what I want, well, we had I, I want, I want like this, these people, these intellectual people to like be able to enter a phase in which they just like lose their fucking minds, you know? And it's like, I haven't been able to find that. I, I actually you know? agree. I think they both have an important place and yeah. they have different times, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. There were there were limitations part to the of course we, we're in we're in a foreign territory we have oh, no like, idea what like we're even doing. just having like yeah. and then even even the most bare minimum because I just wanted to make sure there was a place for people to smoke and talk and drink afterwards the Airbnbs themselves were having like noise complaints like crazy so there was kind of like it was difficult to even find any sense of gathering much less an EDM party yeah yeah I think that's I actually no my initial pitch it just was too last minute and too expensive was definitely to have like a big there was a Halloween party component in there to be like kind of a sort of close that would have some of the energy. You're right, about. but it didn't really work because we were at some weird. Well, no, like... because we would have had to have flown in musicians. Yeah, yeah. So that's what we'll do next time. Next time we'll get Clang Kunstler out there, dude. Right. I, I swear to God, if he's just gonna, that's what I want to do next time is have like these crazy Berlin DJs just yeah, like yeah, in yeah, like yeah. A, and and get their fans to come to and just make it like a complete boiler room set. You know, like yeah, 2 a.m. There's probably a version. It might have even been like another town place in Portugal. I've heard 
my my friend was touring musicians at Porto and so um, Porto is a little better I've heard yeah, it's a little more like Porto. it's not quite as like dying Europe uh, yeah Lisbon I'm kind of like weird. I almost shouldn't be keep telling people this so much because other people are going to do it but I'm going to do it eventually it's like I'm just kind of sprung on Mexico City yeah we I should think, do like that. it's like it's also close and like it's very easy yeah. to drift into that energy you're talking about plus have like beautiful spaces cheap free and it's, yeah it's a really great i think it'd be an amazing place to have a convention or festival that's a good call but yeah. i mean it's like yeah it's not that far yeah how you far know? from there three and a half hours that's <sighs> yeah, not that far. not like lisbon and and, yeah. and it's the same distance if you're basically in la or new york shorter than new york yeah, like, it's like you know, flying to what's three and a half hours? Chicago, basically. It's like a Chicago. Yeah, trip. maybe it's closer to four. I don't know, but it's it's not that much. It's like down in the middle between New York and all. It's the same. It's like equidistant New York, L.A., uh, Mexico City. You kind of get the whole every Miami, Austin. Everyone could come down to be the same distance for everybody. Nobody's stuck out there like five hours, six hours out. <laughs> you know, like nobody has to take like an inter crazy flight. But you still get the feeling of being like on a cruise ship and like a crazy weird place. So like, wow! If they let us do it next year, which they might do, we should either just do it here. Uh, the one there is a problem with doing it in LA or New York. What? It's too uh, many. Well, what I just said about the cruise ship mentality, which is, it's too in a city of that density and with that many locals, it is hard to create the sense that you're in a cruise ship together like the one thing about a thing like an urban you know there's 400 people 500 people festival maybe a thousand whatever is like you you want to keep bumping into the same people and you want that feeling like there's where's the thing tonight if you're in la i'm just going back to my house in east la <laughs> or i'm gonna go somewhere else like you can't there's never a festival there's anymore. never a truly the place you can't take over yeah, 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 you can't be yeah, like yeah, yeah we are all stuck and that's where like a yeah. sundance even park city is like, you're just in park city yeah there's nowhere else there's nothing else yeah. <laughs> and like Mexico city is a great mix because you actually get the scale of a giant metropolis but because it's actually like a tiny gentrified little neighbor portland sized neighborhood in the middle of a giant metropolis and you're limited to the ex other expats and stuff you're kind of, of, where, of where you know there's yeah. a couple neighbors that basically everyone would never yeah yeah this was the problem with lisbon is that lisbon was not that it was too broad like there was no yeah. this was what was so surprising about lisbon because it was like i think you're right about being down by the water we should have gone down by the water everybody in lisbon right. moves to lisbon there's supposed to be a tech community in lisbon i've had so many meetings with people who are like yeah i'm in lisbon where the fuck were they like where was the neighborhood in lisbon where the tech people are nowhere they, we didn't fucking exist it, it reminded me so much of like spain I, I i just the entire iberian peninsula to me is just like no thank you yeah it was like a cut rate space it's yeah it's just like i, I just don't like that whole thing and, and it's like that's why you you really this this is why you are such a good party planner you're totally right this this cruise ship mentality you have to have that and it's very hard to do in la and new york that's why if we did it in la we would have to not make it LA. We'd have to make it like Playa Vista. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Playa that's Vista like Joshua something. Tree. Well, that would be that's what we should. You know, do. yeah. Like you find Joshua Tree. Like, has, it has and we're at Pappy's every it night. It has to be far enough. You can't just go home. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. yeah. There's probably other. That's areas. a great idea, Actually, Joshua sort of, Tree. Because yeah. then we could do a little Palm Springs. Yeah, if you, we had to. You know, like yeah. no, and it's just like every night it's Pappy's. 
Yeah, Dude, yeah, oh yeah. god, I miss it. Like in Austin, everybody going up to Marfa has a similar. Marfa's six hours away. Oh, <laughs> yeah, but by Texas standards, what's the, there's like a line. What's the famous? There's like a famous Europe versus America line where it's uh in yeah. in a, in America in Europe. What is it? It's like in America, a hundred years is a long time, and in Europe, a hundred miles is a long distance. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, if you're in Texas. Six hours is not it's that. It's not a big deal. Like, whatever is a big expanse. Like we could do Marfa, man. I mean, if you want the true, so what you could do is Marfa and Terlingua. So Marfa and Terlingua are about, I think, an hour and a half away. Okay. That you could do, and and you'd have to have like day here, day there, day here, day the day there, and that would be great because I, we I could have, just have a run. Last time I was driving to Texas, it actually just popped in my head. It's actually a very charming town, Tombstone. Yeah, I don't know. Somebody's got to go do something there. there. There's a bunch of cool shit. In West Texas. It would just be like it would be urban West Texas. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. Let's wrap this up. All right. So ending on uh, as a movie guy, top five movies. Jesus. You I, you must have an answer. Uh, I, I I haven't. I've been asked this so many times that I forced myself to have pat answers. They're not really like they're just like my talk press answers. You know. I tend to really believe, I don't really believe in favorite movies or favorite songs or whatever, because there's like things that are specific to certain circumstances where I'm like, that's my favorite, that, you know, that's my favorite kind of that. That's my favorite metal song. All right. But, so maybe but, most memorable. But, but most things that memorable. are meaningful and personal to me. Yeah. Yeah. People are usually surprised by the sentimentality of the list. Um, it's a Wonderful Life. Oh, I've wow. seen it like dozens of times. I've introduced it dozens of times. I do think it's an incredible film. Formally, it means a lot to me. It's one of those movies. It's like when did you see that? What age did you see it? I mean, like everybody, I saw it growing up, but I don't think I really fell in love with it until I was probably in my twenties. Really, and then you like revisited it and just loved it. The older you get, it's another thing where like you think a movie like that's going to get cheesier and more infantile, but actually, because it's secretly kind of sophisticated, the older I get, the more powerful. Now I'm actually like, I have had a full adult life. Yeah. Fuck, man. Like, yeah. I didn't even get this movie before. Like, I, you know, uh, and also, of course, it's like just brilliant filmmaking. It's every kind of filmmaking, but a lot of great movies are that. But, um, and then in a similar fashion, uh, uh, and another one of those movies that is like not just a movie but kind of a statement of life philosophy you know um, is uh, Kurosawa's Aikiru to yeah. live right yeah right uh, you know, it, never seen that it's about a it's been about Akira no not Akira Aikiru so he has Akiru and Akira Akira is not Kurosawa it's uh, anime but, oh yeah my bad um, I need to see. This is like kid. the '50s, and it's a film about a guy. The opening shot of the film is an X-ray. He has cancer, so uh, he's gonna die. And it's like all of the different responses he has to it. Oh. And like, I think I always thought that that movie was called Akira. No, 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 no. <laughs> like, I, and he basically goes through these different paths, like hedonism or this, or that trying to like what to. What's Which is funny thing? because it's a wonderful life is the same thing. Yeah, so I'm saying it's, kind of like, it's another one of those like, what is life? What is it's, life movie? So you like Magnolia? Know? I like it, but it's not like uh, Magnolia is on my top five. Yeah, yeah. It sure. doesn't. I, I hear, like, what are other movies it. like that? Like reflecting on life, reflecting on like the whole full, like what is life movie? Yeah, what is life? Uh, movies? Um, that's a good. That's a good <laughs> the job. top five what is life movies. <laughs> 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 
Actually, the screenplay that I wrote when I came back here, when I came out here, uh, which was what, you know, like, oh, everybody moves here, they write their screenplays. I had two. One was a What is Life movie. It was like a going back and experiencing. And it was based on a Korean film called Afterlife, mm. which is great movie. The people get to choose one moment in their lives That's to like live in like forever. Bit, yeah, absolutely. And mean. it's all about the choice of what is the best moment of your life. That's, it's, you know, where I'm at in my head these days, that's really profound. Yeah. I think man. a lot, around the curious about narrative psychology and, like, how much you structure on narrative. I really yeah, that. and imagine going back and you have to live this moment, you live this moment, like, oh, what, what was this moment? Which was the best one? And then you have to, like, live there forever, you know? Right, right, yeah, right, right. there was a Black Mirror episode that did a variation of this also. Uh, San Junipero, great Black Mirror episode. Anyway. Oh, that is that is a great with the lesbians. So, yeah, 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 yeah. and they're in different eras. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like the one. I like the one where they keep redoing the same date. Oh, whatever. When they had the dating program, when they, were, they they keep that's San Junipero. Is that the same? Oh, is yeah, it? it's okay. with the lesbians, right? No, it's like the one thing is a guy and a girl. That's the one where it's the the remembering. Anyway, I, I can't remember. Uh, Okay, All right, number three. three. I'm not gonna do five. Okay, three is three, fine. and then the other another one is that I just have a very sentimental attachment to, and for many reasons, and it's a great movie. Is E.T. Yeah, everybody thinks I'm gonna get these like fucked up answers. Yeah, you like the hopeful. You like hopeful, wide-eyed, childish. All right, yeah, no, two more. You can do two more. Come on, give us two more. Two more. Two more that come to mind. Well. E.T., obviously, because I was six when it came out. I was a child of divorce. I had two older brothers. I had an older brother. He played Dave. There's many things on that level. It's really about loss. Of, I think it's about losing your father. Really? Mm. Yeah, they smell his shirt. Mm. Uh, and E.T. and E.T. at the end. Uh, I mean, there's like Jesus metaphor stuff, but the like, I'll be right here. It's about loss. It's about loss. Wow. Uh, losing and coming, like, being being able to love someone who's not going to be present. So, oh shit! I think it's some reasons. I, but also, it's the first movie I ever saw because I saw it in a film class in high school. That like people were always like, Citizen King is the first movie I was aware of a director. Like E.T. is the first movie where I was like, this is what a jump cut is. This is what a POV is. Like, oh my god! Like that's a match cut. Like this, there's a director. Yeah. Like that's the first. So on that level too, I'm very sentimental about it because it's just the first one I engaged with as a directorial object. Um, I'm still, I still don't know what any of those things are. What, oh, jump cuts or match cuts? Whatever. I mean, just like, you know, technique, you know, point of view shots. Like, there's all the little things that directors yeah, yeah. Um, And then uh, you want two more? Two more. We, we, yeah, come on, because right, we got to get out of um, I sometimes talk about uh, love in the afternoon as being, a, I find, a deeply romantic movie. Is that the Chinese? Chinese movie? No, it's Eric Romer. It was the final film in his Moral Tales trilogy, which is kind of, I think, his exploration of male, the male romantic and sexual nature over six films. He was like the most moral dilemmas, and it's actually the finale of the whole series. Um, and I think it's a very interesting film because it's so romantic, yet it is about a, it's it's about a man. It's very Catholic. It's about a man's struggle with men. Monogamy essentially, because every one of the Romer, every one of the foreign, every one of the Romer 
moral tales operates in the same plot, but they're all very different, which is a man is interested in one woman for the entirety of the film, eventually to, does isn't with her, and then ends up with another woman. But and also in the moral tales, if you want, if you notice in order, the guy is older each time. So the first time he's like a teenager. What are the other like, movies in this? Girl I've never been... Bakery, Claire's Knees. Who is Eric Romer? Is he a Eric American? Romer is the most underrated member of the French New Wave. Oh, okay. Jean Luc Godard. Ah, he's a French New Wave. And Cahiers is okay. a bright critic. And yeah, he did yeah. these movies that I think are deceptively talky, but actually very cinematic. Yeah. But it's a film about a guy who um, is married and he's basically it's an entire like temptation to have an affair. It was really sometimes it used to be called Chloe in the afternoon, and uh, somehow it actually ends up being sort of very romantic meditation on matrimony or monogamy, which is ironic because I've never succeeded in any of this. <laughs> but I was very pumped by it the first time I saw it. He, you know, at the end, he uh, spoiler. Uh, you know, the whole movie is building up to is he or isn't he going to have this affair? And he talks about like, you know, love in the afternoon, like the afternoons and girl watching in Paris. And there's this one very tempting character. And at the end of the movie, he's sort of about to maybe or not. And then he just has a moment, I want to say, and ends up running out of the apartment, like while she's in the shower. He just runs and he runs all the way home to his wife. And you realize you haven't seen her really much the whole movie. She's been a very fringe character. The wife. And yeah, she's been like in and out, but like background. She, they just haven't focused on her. And he runs and he's like, and she's like, why are you so upset? And he's like, I just get lonely in the afternoon. And she's like, I get lonely in the afternoon too. And you kind of sense that there's an entire off-screen life of hers. And they like, they reunite. And it's a very tender romantic scene. Hmm. And going back, it's a very, I mean, the whole movie is incredible. And I, and I think a lot about you're a romantic. You're a romantic guy. Yeah, you're, you remind me a little bit of. Do you know Astral? No. Astral from the internet. I mean, Twitter. Vaguely. You guys are kind of like yeah, the same type of guy. You guys like are romantic. All right, number five. Number five. No, we'll, uh, we'll end this. So many. We'll end this. Torture. Come on. <laughs> uh, no, this is good. This is good, dude. You just introduced. Uh, 1,000 people to uh, <laughs> Eric <that>. Romer. <laughs> I've never give even heard like, of it. Give me like a category. Give me a category. No. Give me a, no, give me a fifth one. You know, Romer was perfect. Like you you must have one other. Romance. One other that really got you. I mean, um, I have another also, I guess I'm going to go sort of a different version of the romantic thing. I'll say what my favorite horror movie is, which I had a small part in making a thing. Because uh, I did the first ever Zulowski retrospective, I pitched the Polish film institute, and then they Andre Zulowski. Uh, uh, he's a Polish, but he made one film that is now a major cult thing. But I'm telling you, it was in my calendar. The first, if you go back, first count week we opened, we had to play it on like DVD because it was so not a thing then. Uh, but it was uh, Zulowski's Possession. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! 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 I was obsessed with that movie. Oh, I, I like, just watched it. It's like, Sam Neill. Here, here's my joke: it's yeah. the greatest horror movie of all time because it's well, it's very damn and it's a, it's a oh dude, and it's 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 so Lynch, right? Yeah, it's yeah. very Lynchy. Lynch, or you should say Lynch is very Zelowski. Yeah, yeah. Then Lynch is very Zelowski. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. Actually, it's a lot, I could go on about that because there's some seventies Zelowski. No, dude, there. you know the Shutter. I mean, uh, Possession had a huge moment recently. Like I know, I know, I watched it happen. Like, yeah, no, yeah, like people are like, like, now it's like a Halloween costume. Now yeah, it's like yeah. a cliche. Like, no, it's oh, great. 
Carlson likes possession. Yeah. No, but yeah. I'm telling you, in 2007, when we played the theater, it was not the thing yet. I watched yeah. it. I oh, watched it happen. Ahead. And each time we showed it, we just showed it over yeah. and over again. You probably caused that. Like in a, in a not butterfly so wings, In the sense wings. of like culture, there are yeah. cultural gatekeepers that yeah. I was, you know, this Brian Block who actually helped restore the film and we played it for a week. I mean, there's different characters yeah. involved, but I was, I witnessed the moment of possession becoming a cult film wow. and got to be sort of involved in it. I, I don't want to take credit for it, but I was definitely there. Yeah. Uh, and a big proponent of it. And I played it over and over and over and over again. And like made a fucking killer Zalowski trailer. And the other movies are great, but that movie's special. And yeah, I think it's also, it's a, I can talk a lot about that movie, but yeah, I think it's a, I think also oddly a romantic film, actually. I think there's actually a deep romanticism in it. Um, and it's like they're you know because they're going mad together because they actually are sort of sharing each other i think the movie's meaning got distorted by the incredibleness of isabella johnny's performance i think they're supposed to have more parody actually if you look at it from a script level and those fights they're having in the audio commentary zulowski says as crazy as they are and how they're performing them and there's like stylized reikian like high theatrical ways uh you know his, this hysteria the actual dialogue he claims is pretty much verbatim from his like fights with his wife in those early fights yeah dude like, and like, no then there's like this deep horror to it that's like so yeah good, well i mean the know? joke of the jealousy joke is so amazing i mean that kind of possession too because it's like who your wife could be fucking gets worse and worse <laughs> You know, you think like it's like it like it's first. I mean, like Heinrich is hilarious. Like when you think yeah. it's Heinrich, the like new age German guy who can also kick your ass, but like that's not even the final, you know, thing. Uh, yeah. So I, yeah, that's another movie I love. Belladonna of Sadness. Yeah. I so I I saw Possession recently on Shutter, and as yeah. I say to everybody, Shutter is the only good subscription to anything because shutter is the literally the only so you know when you like get to that like uh screen of like uh netflix or whatever and you're just faced with all this trash and you're like i'm not gonna watch any of this shit shutter you get the same feeling right you go to shutter you're like i haven't heard of any of these movies but you watch them and every single one is fucking great and and it's like and it's some weird movie you've never heard of before and as a horror fan i watch anything so i I will watch any horror movie it's always so satisfying like they totally understand horror fans and like what we want and what we're going for yeah there was one on there the other day that was like a British movie. And I, I want to, it was like about, like, it had some sort of like vaguely Satanist title. I really want to find this movie. And what's amazing about Shudder is they'll put a movie like this on there every now and then. It's about like a, like a kid who's being abused by a family. And it's super documentary style. It's in like, south africa or something or or like some weird place in england or australia it's like some like provincial like uh commonwealth place he's an adopted child yeah he's like a down on his luck and like adopted child Mm -hmm. and the movie it like begins and you're like okay well he's gonna like gain some superpower and like kill all these people like eventually 
the movie just goes on and on. And it turns out it's like a Lars von Trier, like sadness porn movie oh, no. where he just gets slowly killed by this family and they chop his dick off in the end. Oh my God. It's like, oh, oh my God. the entire time I was like, where's the horror? Where's the horror? But in fact, it's like, it's like a person film. I got to show you this movie because it's so I fucked up. It's so dark. But uh, yeah, no, Possession was like a horror hit. It was like a shutter hit for a while. And uh, no, it had a, well, the funny thing is someone seeded it in culture, probably you, and then it grew and then it got on shutter and then it had like an even bigger moment, but it was on the front of shutter for like three months. And for it me, was like everybody for me, it's, it's the, for me, it's the Halloween costume test. That's when you know it's happened. It's like when I when I helped restore Belladonna of Sadness animation, I was like, when I see a girl with a Belladonna tattoo, I know I'll know when. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's two big cultural tests. Uh not this isn't big enough for that, but like for mainstream stuff, it's like the SNL test. Like, can they parody it on SNL? Will they parody it? Like whiplash is at that moment. But the other one that's more timeless is like, do you see Halloween costumes? And you're like, you know. And I just, at a certain point, you're like, girls are doing as little as Johnny. Then you know. Dressed everywhere. <laughs> like, then you, you got know, it. You know yeah, you want. That's why I knew the movie had arrived. All right. All right. Thanks, man. Thank you. That was fun. All right. We'll send people to, you don't have a website. Uh, you have a Twitter account that you don't use very much. Yeah, Hadrian Below. Technically, this play night. He's the only crazy. person named Hadrian maybe in the world. I don't think there's anybody else. That's true. Hadrian Below. There you go.